Because when you lose weight on television, people expect perfection out of you, right? Yeah. Which is stress, which makes people gain weight. It's a, it's, it's a cycle. It is, to be quite honest, it's a very difficult and unhealthy cycle that we go through when we go on these shows and, and, and you all are watching us and you're following us and then we go back home to the real world. That's on a whole lot. It's impossible to stop a man or woman who will not quit. We Won't Quit podcast is designed to help entrepreneurs who are feeling stuck by limiting beliefs and procrastination. That's right. You're going to hear stories and lessons from incredible people who've overcome setbacks to comebacks because they have the mentality and they refuse to quit. Your host is none other than Mike Hughes, mailman to millionaire, the storyteller and leadership mentor, helping you shift and grow in your entrepreneurship journey. Tune in to these episodes to get real stories from real people who've had real success. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Are you ready? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. To the We Won't Quit podcast, I am Mike Humes. Excited as always, I am every week, right, uh, to have and bring to you some incredible people who truly embody my quote that it's impossible to stop a man or woman who will not quit. Of course, this week is no exception. Uh, it might be an exception actually because I've been trying to chase this person down for quite some time. Uh, we've known each other for wow, some years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. eight years. Yeah, about eight years now. And uh, she's she's known all over the world, so me knowing her means means nothing. You know, I'm just a fan like everybody else. But I've literally watched uh, Tanya Winfield. Uh, you may have seen her on NBC's uh, The Biggest Loser. You may know her as a, a millionaire restauranteer uh, out of the Chicagoland area. Uh, you may know her from her stories. I know she sponsored with Colgate. You've done so much, right? Uh, but I'm excited to have her on the, on the episode of the We Won't Quit podcast because she truly embodies that. And so welcome, my friend. Good Thank to see you. Thank you so much. Good to see you as well. I'm excited to be here. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for thinking of me to come on your podcast. Uh, we're, we're honored to have you. Honored yeah. to have you. And, um, you know, my sponsor, Jack, wanted to bring you a gift. So I wanted to make sure I presented okay. that to you. Okay, okay. I, I believe that's the, the, the Masterpiece Collection. I know it's all loud in the mic, but... Um, we love sure. gifts. I know we love we gifts. We love gifts. And what's the name of the person again? It's Jack. Jack. Just Everyday Creation. So it's John uh, Cook. 15. And 15. he started this company. Yeah, he's Come amazing. on, that young yeah. man. That's a masterpiece collection. So. Okay. You know, I'm all for the entrepreneurs doing their thing. I Absolutely. believe that it should start young. Absolutely. So. And so, all right. Yeah, Look at that. There you go. Masterpiece collection. This so, is beautiful. It is. I yes, love it. That's my favorite. So. I love right. it. I love it. I'm a masterpiece. This, that's, this that's, works that's for you me. Are. That's you are. Thank you, sir. I'll take it over here to you. To yes. Yes. Thank you. So so I know you love entrepreneurship because you are an entrepreneur. And you started entrepreneurship quite young, right? Yes. Um, I started entrepreneurship at 27. 27. 27. Okay. So what, what led you into it? How did you, how'd you get started? What made you decide to become an entrepreneur? So, so here's the thing, right? Well, let's I, just go all the way back. Let's, let's, let's start. Let's Wherever go you want to start. You can start with being an entrepreneur. Tell, tell me how that came about. So at 26, 27, um, I thought it was um, a personal desire I had. Now, and this is going to sound crazy, okay? okay? But I had this 
There was this restaurant in Chicago that's iconic. Okay. And it's called Harold's Chicken. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows about Harold's Chicken. Yes, you've had Harold's. You're a fan. I have. Yes. I'm hungry now. And um, I used to travel 45 minutes to to go eat Harold's Chicken. And so one day I said, I'm tired of doing this. It's, it's a waste of my time. By the time I get the chicken back home, it's kind of cold. I, I can't eat in my car because it's nice. So so I have to wait until I get home. So I got tired of doing that. So okay. I said, let me look into get my own Harold's Chicken. Why not? Because you got tired of a 45 minute drive to get some chicken. I promise you, it was a personal desire. But what I realized is, is if I'm thinking that way, there are probably others right. that do think that right. way as well. Okay. And I was absolutely right. Um, opened up the first restaurant location like a year after that. Um, did great. And eight, I'm eight stores in at this point. Wow. So wait, you were 26, 27, 27? 27. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and it started at just, I've always been that type of child. Right. With the big eyes, right? Mm -hmm. That child that's like, I want more. I can yeah. do more. Yeah. Uh, that's why it's important that we allow our children to be creative and allow them to do the things they want to do. We stunt them because of our own fear, right? right? But if you allow your children to develop whatever gifts are inside of them, they also can become entrepreneurs. So that's that's right. that's what happened. It's always been in me, yeah. but it, it manifested first at the age of 27. So before that, uh, and it's key. You said something key. I was just thinking because I was letting you watch uh, Michaela's story, yes. right? My daughter's story. And you were talking about letting that creativity shine and her being, you know, you've seen her dance. and, and Amazing. Uh, but then getting a chance to hear her speak. And it, it's just, it is. You got to just sit back. It's hard to sit back as a parent. I mean, how do you handle that? Because you have three, right? Yes, I have three. So the, the, the funny thing, you know, Children, they are watching us, right. and, and they become little mini-me's. Like, right. Michaela is my junior. Absolutely. Period. Absolutely. Um, and so for my children, each one of them, they are a part of me. So the entrepreneurship, that's my son, right? He became an entrepreneur at a young age. The, the financial management, the corporate side of me, insurance, that's my daughter. She is now running the field wow. in financial literacy. Um, and then the baby, who's 11, she's a little entertainer. So right. she's that part of me. So right. each one of my children, they embody a certain part of me. So, right. you know, we have to allow them to see us in our space, right? Allow them to see what we do. And they'll pick up on what fits them. And I think that's the beauty in having children. They're little seeds of us. Yeah, they are. And they carry it on for us. Right? And the goal is for them to take it further. Absolutely. Much further than I can. Absolutely. Yeah, but I think that's true for all of us. Did you always want to become a mom? Did you know you were going to be, like, was that a goal? I want to be a mom? When I was a kid, no. But I also was a teen mom. Really? Yes. Okay. I was a teen mom. Um, to be quite honest, that's one of the things that I believe it changed the trajectory of my thoughts because I decided I wasn't going to be a statistical teen mom. Mm. That I was going to break outside of that. I wasn't going to be um, a person that lived in poverty because I was a teen mom or a person that was promiscuous, or I wanted to break all of those stereotypes right. and be something totally different. Right. And that's exactly one of the things that drove me into being successful. That's key, so who, what gave you that mindset? I mean, to say, okay, this is not going to be me. I'm not gonna be a statistic. Did you have mentors or people along the way that kind of keep steer you in the right direction, or? Yes. 
my grandmother. My grandmother was, what's the son? She was a praying woman. My grandmother was um, a praying woman. And I remember when I told her I was pregnant. And I'm, I'm sure she was disappointed, but she didn't let me see that. And my grandmother told me, you know, just because you're pregnant, that does not mean that your life ends. Look at this as a way for your life to begin. Because you're bringing life into the world. And so she told me, the sky's the limit for you. The sky's the limit. And it's up to you to change how we look at teen mothers. And you got to remember, back in, in our grandparents' time, they were 13, 14, our right, children, right? right? Yeah. Um, but my grandparents expect so much from me, right? They expect, they expected, they had high expectations for me right. because I was that grandchild. So that, you know, that one, like yeah. she's special, you yeah. know? And so I was still special as a teen mom. None of those things changed. And it was because of her pouring into me. So you still went on to school even throughout that process, yes. right? Yes. I still, you know, graduated from school. I still... Um, started working at a young age. Um, I remember being, you know, pregnant, working at Wendy's. Wow. Um, didn't have to, right. um, but I just always wanted more for myself. Okay. You know, and and I had this thing about not being a burden on people, right? I don't want my grandmother taking care of me. I'm gonna do what I can do, you know, and have my little Wendy's checks. And um, but it was it was it was a discipline that came with that. It was, yeah. you know. If I can go to work and make $6 an hour doing whatever, making the burgers, then one day I could become that person that pays people $20 an hour to make the burgers. That's so cool. it was the philosophy of, it was growth. It was, it was seeing myself in that growth state. If you were paying $20 an hour, I would have did the burgers <laughs> for you. But you didn't go to burgers, you stuck with chicken, right? So, with chicken. so you literally opened up Harold's Chicken, right? Team Mom, Harold's Chicken. I know that created a seven-figure income for you. Absolutely. So, I mean, you definitely wiped away the entire statistic of, you know, it's not where you start, but being able to create that lifestyle. Right. Uh, what was one of the two things that you learned from, you know, opening up a business and now putting yourself in a position where you could help other, not, not just teen moms, but other, you know, teens or individuals who are in need? Right. So a couple of things, and I know you said two. So let me. Yeah, you can go as far. You yeah. So so um, the the biggest thing is that there is this immense amount of pressure, right? There's your purpose has pre pressure. Right. Purpose has pressure, and so I wasn't just doing this for me. I realized that I was doing it for all those people watching me, mm -hmm. right? Right. And at one point, I remember not enjoying it. Because yeah. it felt like a burden. Yeah. Because I felt like I was carrying all these people on my back. I felt like I had something to prove, right? right. I felt like I can't fail because all these people told me I was going to be a failure. Right. So I have to prove them wrong, exactly. right? Exactly. And so I remember going through that process and not enjoying it. I enjoyed the money from it, but I didn't enjoy the pressure that I was putting on myself. Okay. And then one day I had an aha moment. And I said, I don't have to prove anything to anyone. I can enjoy my life exactly how it is because my purpose is not just for me, it's for other people, but it's to be enjoyed. It doesn't have to be heavy, right? right? 
I'm not going to allow this blessing to become a curse because I have all these things in the background of people telling me what I can't do and what I can do. Right. So I said, I'm no longer going to try to prove anything to anyone. I'm going to prove it to myself and just do it. Right. And then I started enjoying it. Yeah. You know, then I was able to really open doors for people and and realize that I was inspired, inspiring, influencing people without trying. I just was being me. I was just doing my thing and, and I enjoyed it. I took the pressure off of it and I started enjoying it. Um, so I would encourage people for entrepreneurship, do it because you enjoy it, not because you're trying to flex on somebody or you're trying to prove something. Do right. it because you enjoy it. Exactly. Because it will take your blessing and turn it into a curse. And then the other thing was I realized that not everybody is me, right? I, I have this this just, I would say, supernatural grind. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I, I'm, I'm from Chicago. I'm a Chi-Town hustler. I work, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I do what I do. Not everyone thinks the same way. The path that I carry doesn't have to be their path. Um, that doesn't mean that they're not as serious. And so I have a tendency to be hard on people. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have a tendency to, if, if I'm working, if I own restaurants and I'm doing this and I'm doing that, you better be doing more than me if you're serious about it. Not everyone is built that way. Right, right. You know? Yeah. So I had to take a step back and only help people from their vantage point. That's hard to do, though, isn't it? It is. Because you, you want so much for to see other people win. I mean, being in business, as long as I've been in business, you know, my expectation is if I can get to seven figures, I want I, everybody can. Because everybody can. We all have the... The, the opportunity to do it. Yes. It's just, do we have the drive to do it? And that's it. You can't try and drive. Right. You just can't. It's yeah. either in them or it's not. Right. You can influence them, but you can't train them. Right. And I had to learn that. So I was actually disappointing myself by trying to put something in people that they it was not in them and you can't put it in them. Because I can see you get wanting every person that was just like you to be able to go and open up. Yes. Their own restaurant. Yes. And you know, they, they don't even want to salt the fries. How you gonna own a restaurant? <laughs> so I mean that's just the bottom line. Yeah, man, so. Twenty dollars an hour to salt the fries. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I remember good. you being the first person and I remember because I was came uh during that time when you opened up, a hair was like right in that downtown district yes. too. That was huge. Yeah, the um the only black woman in downtown Chicago was here. Yes. It was an amazing opportunity. It was right after The Biggest Loser. Right. Um, and I was able to add some healthy options to the menu, right. which fit right into that that location because it's it's in the heart of downtown. Right. You have business people, you have entrepreneurs. And it did very well. I was able to influence a lot of people to eat a little healthier. That's good. So you talked about, you mentioned The Biggest Loser, so let's go there. So Restauranteer, how how did we get to The Biggest Loser? How did, how did that even come about? I just... I remember seeing you on the show. I remember some of the other contestants on the show. I remember just, uh, I remember my mom watching it, first of all. And you were a fan favorite. Yes. And it's funny, because Mama Humes, you were a favorite of Mama Humes. Oh. I literally remember walking to my mother's house, and I think my sister was over there that day, and seeing her watch you. And that was before, well, we had, we talked somewhere after that. But how did that come about? Because there are like, what, thousands and thousands, like hundreds of thousands of people that audition or uh, or selected or how did that talk about that process yeah over 250,000 people apply and they only choose 15 Jeez. they go across the country and they interviewed over 250,000 people 
and they narrow it down to 15. Here's the thing. This was nothing but God. Let me just say that, okay? There you go. Um, and by this point, I was doing well in my restaurants. I, you know, I just had a, another baby. Okay. Uh, she was three at the time. Um, but I was so unhappy, um, just severely overweight, uh, almost 300 pounds, actually. And um, that was around the time when I lost myself. Okay. Um, I had no balance. Mm. I was so focused on the businesses that I forgot about the most important business, which is time to win here. Okay. And so I neglected myself and I found myself in a very miserable state. You know, my bank account fat, but I'm fat. That's a problem. <laughs> no right. Way. Right. Um, I don't like to say fat because I don't want to offend anybody. But right. I I got to this point where I said something drastic needs to happen. But how, 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 what, what can I do? You know, what, what can I do? And I have never been a fan of The Biggest Loser. I didn't think I needed to watch it. I thought I was nice, thick, and sexy, and that's just what it is. I didn't think I needed to watch weight loss shows. So I never watched The Biggest Loser. I wasn't into that type of thing, okay? Let's right. be clear. I used to watch Shark Tank. That was my thing, there right? Okay. Um, but then one day, this, this, this is nothing but God. One day, um, I was on Facebook, and um, there was a, a, someone posted a flyer. Biggest Loser's coming to Chicago. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. And I tried to scroll, and my screen was stuck. I came out of the app, opened it back up. My screen was still stuck on this person's flyer. Now, this was back when you could take the battery out the phone and right, all that, right. did all that. I'm like, what's going on? Turned it back on. Screen was stuck on this flyer. Oh, I'm not done. So then a trainer that I had hired um, a couple of years before that called me out of the blue. Tanya, he left me a voicemail message. The biggest loser is coming to Chicago. This will be a perfect opportunity for you. I know you're busy. You're a boss chick. You, you're doing this. You're doing that. But this will be perfect for you because you can just focus on yourself. And I'm like, I didn't even answer the, I didn't call him back. I just listened to the voicemail like, what is this with this biggest loser mess? Right, what right. is this? Um, and then I had a dream. I had a dream that I left the restaurant industry and I was in the fitness industry. And there's nothing about me at that time that was fitness. And I said, okay, God, okay. So I decided to go a block. And let me tell you, I pull up, line around the corner. Right. So you know me, I'm, I'm a little extra. So I'm like, where's the VIP section? Where's the VIP door? Uh, that's that's yes. the door I need to go through. Yes. And they're like, oh, no, ma'am, you're going to wait in the line. The line way down there. <laughs> and I waited in line with everyone, and um, they took us in. It was probably like a five hour process. We were literally waiting in line. Really? And while I was in line, people were recognizing me. Hey, don't you own, you're the chicken lady. Don't you own the Herald, don't you? And I'm like, oh my goodness. And so we had the interview and the person, the producer told me I was the only person that made him laugh throughout the whole, the whole time in the interview. And it stuck with him. Um, it stuck with him. And I don't even remember what I said to him. You know, I think I said something along the lines of uh, a lot of these people are here because of me or something like that. Um, and, and it stuck with them. And the rest is history. So what's that process like? Um, I mean, obviously, the process of applying 250,000 people across the country 
tens of thousands. Just I mean, Chi-Town's so big, Chicago's so big. So people are coming from the outskirts. They're coming from all over. Mm-hmm. What's that process like after the fact? Because you know, weight loss isn't just and and then you're doing it in front of millions upon millions of people who are rooting for you, who are rooting for everybody. But you know, everyone picks a favorite, and you know, you yeah. became a fan favorite. What was that process like? Because I'm thinking it's more mental than it was physical. Absolutely. And that's the part because I was not a fan of the show. I didn't watch it. You know, right. I just knew that I could work out. You know, right. they made me work out. I could do that. I was not prepared for the mental and emotional piece of it. Um, but that was the most life, that was the most life changing part of it, the mental and emotional, because that sticks with you forever. Right. Our weight fluctuates. We go up and down. Right. But that mental and emotional baggage, you lose that, you lose it forever. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And so I always tell people I lost, you know, 90 pounds on the show, but I feel like I lost 900 pounds in emotional and mental baggage, which I'm able to keep with me. Right. And that's why I continue to, to, to keep yeah. the weight off me. Um, which is huge because most contestants do. I mean, they have like this drastic transformation, but if the change isn't mental, then. That's like a secret. That's with all the shows, though. I mean, yeah. You, see, you know, folks get married and then they're not together. You know, right. They're dating and then this and they do this and they do that. So. So the the thing about the Biggest Loser, and I tell people all the time, okay, granted, I went in with probably not the right motives because I'm like, I'm about to lose this weight. And I'm gonna be the next Beyonce. You know, I'm gonna come home and look like Beyonce, and it had nothing to do with that. I was able to shed all this baggage and things that was I was carrying inside of me that I didn't even know was still in me. Um, unforgiving my mother, um, some some things that I went through as a child. I didn't realize those things were affecting me the way that they were. And I was killing myself with food. I would never have realized that if it wasn't for The Biggest Loser. So it's the psychological aspect of what being away being by yourself or the interviews the process of working out or is it just their whole training method all of it because what happens is we're in a confined space if i wanted a burger i couldn't go out and go out and get a burger like we're in a confined space we're on lockdown it's kind of like being in solitaire right solitaire Solitaire Solitaire? yeah solitaire confinement yeah i don't know about that um I'm, i'm free so it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that, right? And when you're stripped from the things you like, there's no television. There's no radio. Right. There's none of that. It's just you and your thoughts and your ugliness and the things that you need to deal with. It's like a serious therapy session. Yeah. And so it strips you of the outside world. So here I am living a certain lifestyle, doing great, making my millions. And now I'm reduced to this small room with a bed in it with these other people. And we're all on a journey to lose weight. We don't see the cameras. The cameras are there all the time, but we right. don't see them. Really? Well, I didn't see them because I was focused on the process. And I remember God saying to me, first of all, this is me. This is this. This is what I have for you. And if you do this you're going to help other people. This is bigger than you. So stay focused. My purpose was to help lift other people to stay focused, save some lives because that's what it's about. And so I had to be selfless during the process. I had to take it serious. Um, 
the psychiatrists that were there, these are well-known psychiatrists. I won't say who their patients are, right. but famous celebrities and yeah. all that. Yeah. They get to the heart of the matter. And they were able to really dig deeper than I even, and I've went through counseling before, but this was so much deeper because here's the thing. When I'm at home and I go through counseling and it's heavy, I can stop at, at you know, Starbucks or Haagen-Dazs and I can self-soothe. Yeah. on my way home, right? And feel right. better. Right. You, you can't do that in this environment. Right. You literally have to deal with what just, whatever you just threw up, you have to deal with that. Mm. And so I think that's why it was so powerful because it, I stripped myself of myself. Wow. Yeah. That's deep. That's yeah. deep. So, and, and then you're working out like a ridiculous amount of hours every single week day right yeah people have no idea we really do work out right. eight to ten hours a day eight to ten hours a day. eight to ten hours a day that's amazing yeah and the the beauty in that is i'm someone that would jump on the treadmill for an hour and thought i was doing something right right but to see what your body is actually able to accomplish when you tell your mind to get when you tell your mind to get out of your body's way you will be amazed at what you're able to accomplish I, I never thought I could do something like that. So now I can jump in a gym, lift weights, da da da. It's nothing now right. because right. I was working out eight to ten hours a day, right. pulling cars up hills and all the exercise right. they had us doing. So it's that it's it showed me that I can be so much greater than I think I already am if I just get out of my way and allow it to happen. How much is uh, doing that with other people? Did, did that play a role? Or, or I'm that person that. I like to work out with folks, like in business, you know, we call it a workout partner. Same thing. Is it to your advantage to have others there? I mean, outside of the coaches, but to be able to cheer somebody else on. I know you guys were cheering each other yes. on, even though it was competitive. Yes. Uh, but yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's you have a you have a common common you have people with a common goal, right. and that is to lose the weight and to be our best selves. And so right. To have that group of people that's on the same page and we're all working toward the same goal, it definitely helped. Yeah. And that's why I tell people it's good to have a workout partner. Okay. Yeah, there's strength in numbers. Yeah. Because when I'm tired and I'm like, then you come, Kai, come on, let's go. Right. Bump it up, 10 incline, let's hit it. That definitely helps the process. It reminds you, okay, I got this. Come on, you're right, let's do it. And so we encouraged each other. We became a family. Um, we didn't even think about the competition aspect of it, to be quite honest. We really was just trying to do our best, and we let the numbers fall where the numbers fell. And when people were eliminated, you all didn't see. We cried. Like, that whole night, we were torn, even though we know that's the process. Right. But that's our family. Yeah. And we want them to be successful at home. You know, we don't know if they're going to be able to be successful at home. Um, but that's the part of the process, you know, it was, it, yeah. it was a beautiful process. Yeah. Cause, but I mean, I can't see how, I, look, I lose 50 pounds and I get sent home. I'm thinking, well, I'm good. Right. I got the psychological right. aspect working. I feel much better about myself, but I can only imagine. I mean, obviously you dropped 90 pounds and there were folks who dropped, you know, oh. much less. And then, and at 50 isn't much less, right? 70 isn't mm -hmm. much less. That's a person, right? That's a, person. a child. And then someone will drop over 100 pounds. Mm -hmm. But I can imagine the camaraderie, like the, the you know, almost brotherhood, sisterhood that you yes. create. Um, 
Do you still get to converse with any of those individuals at all or see them on social media? I know it's been some years now. Yeah, you know, Ruben is one of my closest friends. I call him one of my best friends. Um, we're all, we stay in contact. Um, a couple of other people I stay in contact with. And then, um, interestingly, I stay more in contact with people from other seasons. Okay. Because that process is a process that no one would ever understand but us. Yeah. So there's that, that, yeah. that common goal that ties right. us together. And then the struggles after that. Mm-hmm. Because when you lose weight on television, people expect perfection out of you, right? Yeah. Which is stress, which makes people gain weight. It's a, it's, it's a cycle. It is, to be quite honest, it's a very difficult and unhealthy cycle that we go through when we go on these shows and, and, and you all are watching us and you're following us and then we go back home to the real world. Right. That's on a whole nother level. I can only imagine. Because from that, I mean, you started, you're branching into so many other things, you know, from that. Um, but people are still watching and following and if they, you, know, you still brought the healthier options mm-hmm. to, the, to the heralds that you had thereafter. Mm-hmm. So... I know most recently what I saw, which I was highly impressed, and it, seeing how things come full circle, is becoming a new board member. Uh, is it Viola's? Viola's house Viola's in house. Dallas. You right. all pull, pull up Viola's house. She's yes. doing some amazing things. Um, full circle because yes. it's team family. Exactly. Yeah. So to be able to sit on the board and to pour into young ladies who uh, their path is, is where I was at one point and showing them you, you don't have to be the statistic. Right. Let's create a, a, a new narrative in regards to this. And you can be just as successful, even more successful, you know, and um, allow that pregnancy to propel you into something great. Right. That's my message for them. Absolutely. Well, I know they're excited. They're honored to have you. We're honored to have you as well. Uh, go back to, you know, being a business owner, because I know I talk to a lot of business owners. It's kind of catered to being in business and of course business isn't all that's cracked up to be either you know i know just from uh being around you during some of that time <laughs> right uh and just seeing and you mentioned earlier i think that no one will run your business like you were running your business would you do differently is there anything that you would do differently hmm, that's a good question is there anything i would do different um yes i would take more time for myself I would take more time for myself. I wouldn't do anything different in business. Uh, well, I'll take that back. Um, I would be more open to um, partnership so that I can have balance. The right partner will give you balance so that you're able to enjoy your family. Um, because why are we doing it? Right. You know, why are we why are we working so hard to create this generational wealth? when we are not being great parents, when we're not being attentive, um, when we're not being available. So I think I would definitely do things a little different and take on partnerships so there'll be a better balance um, so that I can enjoy my children much, much better than I did. I remember us having a conversation not long ago. I think I was, I'm sure, I mean, we've talked. So I remember sharing one of the the keys for me, a, a time I'll never forget Michaela was in the back of the, the nav, she was in the back of the truck, and she was two. I had to navigate it. I had the, you know, DVD player, you know, headset so she could talk. But right after she would get out of uh, school, right, little learning center, wherever she was at that time, I remember her jumping in the back, 
and my phone was ringing. So I'm trying to take a call and she's trying to get my attention. And so I'm talking to her and I'm taking a call and then she's, you know, two year old, right? Just trying to get your attention. And I remember hearing her say to herself, daddy's always so busy. Mm. Oh, it cut me. Mm. Like when I say it cut me, I'll never forget that and yeah. what it did to me. But I also remember moving forward from that. Like if it was our time, like it was always our time. Like I cut the phone off yes. and you know, a single father. So I had to play with doll babies. I was never right. telling how sleepy I was or how tired I was or whatever. Like her time was always going to be her time. Yeah. And you know, a friend of mine, Tracy Self, you know Tracy, yes. shout out to yes. Donna on Tracy Self, right? Amazing. Yeah, love y'all, y'all, love y'all, love exactly. y'all. Exactly. The, the yes. self-talk experience, another sponsor. Um, you know what, let's just go on out to our sponsor right now. Let's give it up to self-talk experience. Hey family, did you know that the things you say to yourself about yourself would eventually determine who you attract and even what you attract for ourselves? You know, want to know where I learned that? I learned that from listening to the Self-Talk Experience podcast. Look, I'm excited because some of my mentors, Donnell and Tracy Self, have started a podcast that is exploding simply because they're shifting the way people think. I've been blessed to know this couple for about 25 years, and there's no way I would have went from mailman to millionaire if it wasn't for this couple. Look, I've watched them personally help dozens of individuals earn a seven-figure income, but I've also watched them help thousands of people shift the way they think inside of their family, inside of their marriage, inside of their household, inside of their, their job, inside of their career, and change lives. And now, for free, you get a chance to experience what many have paid tens of thousands of dollars to experience. Go watch the Self-Talk Experience podcast. I promise you, your life will never be the same. Hey, family, you got to go to the website and check out Jack Design, Just Everyday Creativity. I've known John Cook since he started this company at 14, but I've known him his entire life. He's been an artist his entire life. He's just 15 years of age. And Just Everyday Creativity or Jack Design isn't just an apparel company. It's an action. It's an attitude. It's an attribute. Because this young man puts his heart and soul into the apparel that we get a chance to wear. Whether it's the Empathy Collection, you feel me? I love that piece. Or whether it's the Masterpiece Collection, the one I'm rocking right now. Go check out the website. Don't forget to put Don't Quit 22 in at checkout and get a discount. Jack Design. All right, family, welcome back. So we're going to put podcast Tanya Winfield here from NBC's The Biggest Loser, restauranteur, multimillionaire, success story from team mom to now uh, board member with Viola's, uh, Viola's House, right? Yes. Here in Dallas, Texas. I'm in Dallas on location. Uh, I know we both got flights here soon. So, but uh, excited that she sat down with us. But we were talking about uh, just the, the balance and the priorities. At least that's what I was thinking uh, of how to balance and priority when you're as a single parent, right? Just trying to work through that. And I remember deciding, and I was saying something that Tracy Self said. That's where I was. And she says that she doesn't focus on balance, they focus on priorities. Because you'll prioritize everything that's important. Being in business for yourself, yes. you know, there's no such thing as balance. Right. Everybody else, TGIF, thank God it's Friday. Mm-hmm. Don't thank God for every day. Because mm-hmm. you can crisscross the country. You can fly whether it's a Tuesday or a Thursday. You can, you know, I never miss field trips. Michaela used to joke, Dad, you go on more field trips than I do, right? Yes. And yeah. But that was a, a, a priority for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but you said that's, that's one thing. If you could do different. Yes. You, I definitely would do different. Um, see, the, the, the thing about the restaurant industry is it's brick and mortar. And, and you have to keep in mind, 
when I was owning restaurants, but also working in corporate America. I'm a corporate executive. Oh, you were still in corporate America while yes. you were owning? Yes. Yes. I was a I leader. Forgot. I was in corporate right. America. So, I, so I, I literally would work, you know, in corporate America and, you know, manage my teams and all right. these different things and doing very well, you know, doing that stage very blah, blah, blah. Um, but then I would get out of work and go to my restaurants and work. And um, if you can imagine what my older two, who are now adults, what they had to go through. And, and you know, at the time for them, it was fun. Right. Because they worked in the restaurants right. and, and so on. And, and they enjoyed it. They've been fired a few times from, from them. But, uh, but with the baby, I said I wanted to do something different. Um, because I remember having a very candid conversation with the older two. And they said, you know, mom, you provided us with everything. You and, you and dad, I was married at the time. You and dad provide us with everything. You know, we, we're in high school with brand new trucks and doing this and doing that. But, but I wish I could have had your time more. I wish you could have came to more games. And that's, yeah. as a parent, that hurts, right? That hurts. Yeah. And, and so I said, you know, if God blesses me with another child, because at that time I wanted another child. If God blesses me with another child, I'm going to do something different. And so when I found out I was pregnant, I said, I'm leaving corporate America, but I'm going to keep my restaurants. Mm -hmm. And so that was my first, the first sign of me trying to create that, that, that balance and, and the, the priority of it. Um, the beauty in now with entrepreneurs is you can make millions of dollars without brick and mortar. Times have changed. Totally changed. I look at what you do, what the selves do and all these different people. That's the advantage of being an entrepreneur in this day and age. You can prioritize much easier right. than back when you had a restaurant that was open from 10 o'clock to 3 o'clock in the morning. Right. You know, yeah. so I find myself, even now, I find myself focusing on more of those type of opportunities, the things that you're doing now yeah. where I can work remote, I can be in Hawaii and do what I do because uh, I'm still in the financial industry. You right. know, I'm still doing other things. And right. I can do that remotely. So it's the days of I'm a postal carrier and I'm going to do that for 40 years, yes. that stuff is over. Like we're that. going outside of the brick and mortar Absolutely. and, you know, creating generational wealth wherever we are. So it's so much easier nowadays to do to prioritize and balance. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely is. Because especially in this time that we're in now, I want to say post-pandemic, but we can't seem to. Yeah, we're in we're we're in full pandemic <laughs> mode. So, but that pandemic mode though, there's a generational wealth shift. If absolutely. you think about oh, the businesses that are birthing from this pandemic, yeah, it is amazing. It's the perfect example of you can find purpose, you can find blessings in every opportunity if you allow yourself to see in that way. If you allow yourself to think bigger than the situation, you can find something good out of it. And that's what COVID is doing. I mean, I pray for everyone that's struggling with it and things of that nature. Right. But from an entrepreneurial standpoint, oh, I'm killing it. Yeah. Oh, to. I'm killing the game. Right, right. I, I look, I, one of my buddies, um, David Shands, like Social Proof Podcast, actually, uh, probably I got, not probably, I got, you know, into this. I, I remember him posting or saying, and this was at the beginning of the pandemic. If you come out of this pandemic, whenever this ends, and you haven't written that book or sang that song or started that business, like, shame on you. And the fact that we thought we were out and we're nowhere near out, unfortunately, uh, 
no matter when this airs, we're nowhere near out, right? Uh, it's still an opportunity. Absolutely. For folks to really come out and be on the other Listen. side of where, they, where they want to be. Listen, I'm looking at camera. There is paper in the pandemic, okay? Get your paper, period. Because there is there is so much to be made. It is. Um, but then also, if you take it a little step further, sometimes we're overstimulated with, outside, with the outside world. Right. And I think this is a perfect time to really recenter yourself. And the focus is back on families. Board games, the sales and the profits from board games have risen because people right. are now home. People are cooking now. So when you really think about the fact that you can you can find positivity in every situation you can. And sometimes, and I don't want to get all extra spiritual, but sometimes right. God tells us to sit down and sometimes he sits us down. Yeah, definitely. And we sit down. Yeah, he has to. Yeah. It's the only way to get your attention, yeah. right? It's to stop in your tracks. We're going to do a quick overtime session. I was going to ask you something else based on something you said, but I'm going to say that for the rapid fire overtime questions that are going to come. If you haven't, make sure you check that out too. It's just a quick rapid fire, two, three minutes uh, where you get a chance to really, she won't be able to think, you know, think oh, these things through. She ain't scared. She ain't scared. I'm scared because I wanted to open up a house. Can I get, can I get a house? We're doing something different, baby. We don't yeah, love love. Me, let me do her. We don't love love. We're doing something different. We're doing something different. I need this on the record. I try to get a house. She wasn't trying to let me we got something better. Okay, you got something better for me. All right. And so next year when y'all see this, just know something better than wings. I don't know if anything could be better than wings with that sauce. <laughs> you know, in DC we got mumbo sauce. And I remember telling you, yeah, I don't know what that little sauce is I got in Chicago. But you liked it, didn't you? My gosh. <laughs> sorry. DMV, I love y'all. Mumbo sauce is still it, but that sauce is. Mouth sauce. Well, I like it. Crazy. Mouth sauce. That's just something only black people do. I so appreciate you taking time to uh to sit down. We gotta do a part two. We gotta do a part two. There's so much, so much more we can get yeah. into. You know what? I meant to tell you when you asked me about the heroes. Now and, and I hope this helps somebody. Okay? okay. I hope this helps somebody. Um, do we have the time? Yeah, we got time right. on your time. Because I want to connect something for you. Please do that. You asked me about the restaurant industry and me getting into the restaurant industry and things of that nature and how, how did I start it? And I told you it was personal and because I was tired of driving. Right. But it was so much deeper than that. When I went to The Biggest Loser and they opened up Pandora's box, it helped me to realize that I actually... Um, was dealing with this deep. When I was younger, I was, my mother used to have, she's, I used to cook at like 8, 9, 10. I used to fry chicken, 8, 9, 10. And it was for her acceptance. Like I, I went through this process of, I wanted to hear I did a great job. So I would go and season that chicken. I'm 10. You hear wow. me? I would go season that chicken and make it so good just for her to say, well done. It was for her acceptance. And, and, and my mother and I had a, a, a very difficult relationship. And I felt like it was the only time I could receive her acceptance. Um, I would bring home straight A's. It was nothing. But if I cooked really well and made this really good chicken for her, I could see the smile on her mm -hmm. face. And so I lived my life not realizing it for that acceptance. So it's not just a coincidence. Not at all. Not at all. 15, 20 years later, 
that I took the pain from that and created entrepreneurial wealth for myself. It's no coincidence. And I didn't realize it until I went on The Biggest Loser. And, and, And they connected the dots for me. You know, they said, you don't you don't realize what's going on. You're still trying to gain the acceptance from your mother because you want to hear this chicken is good. Well done. You know what I'm saying? Um, And so it was it was an aha moment for me. But it's also something that to this day, it's it's something that I remember and it drives me. Sometimes we do things not realizing why. I really want people to sit down and think of their whys. Yeah. Why are you doing the things you're doing? You know, why are what's what's triggering you um, to 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 behave the way you're behaving? And all these years, yeah, I, I made millions of dollars from pain. Mm. I made millions of dollars from pain. So, how did that affect you as a parent? Did, did it did it make you think? differently once you realize it because at this point because you're on the biggest loser you're already your kids already you've already oh, wow you've already had the restaurant already so you almost had to go back and say hey this 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 and that yeah i mean i'm still finding out things about myself and i think one commonality or a common thread between everything we're talking about and even several episodes that i've already had is how important it is to, to speak to someone to talk to someone to, to deal with childhood trauma, to deal with, you know, we're talking about not quitting mm-hmm. and, you know, not giving up mm-hmm. and embodying the quote that it's impossible to stop a man or woman who will not quit. It don't mean that you won't be sat down from time to time. Right. I know it happened to me. I, I The quote came about simply because I was ready to quit. And I had the audacity to write it in my calendar when everyone said no, mm-hmm. just to myself, Mike, you can't quit. And it kind of evolved from there. But, there's so many people who are watching you and who have watched you as a fan, um, folks who are friends, folks who rooted for you, probably rooted against you, because that's mm-hmm. kind of how we are, right? Uh, but they can learn so much from just what you said, mm-hmm. what you just stated, rather, in terms of being able to go out and, and get help so that they can turn that pain, whether it's in the profit or whether it's into productivity. Yes, right. absolutely. It's it's purpose. There's right. there's there's purpose in pain, right. and that's what I really the, the biggest message. If I could give anyone to understand is whatever they're going through, God can use it for you. It's I want people to not be in the woe is me, because woe ain't God. So there's no woe is me, right? At all. So right. I, I just I just whatever I go through in life, it could be relationships, it could be whatever. I know. This is part of my purpose. It's part of the process, right? So I can breathe in knowing that. I can breathe in knowing that my best days are ahead of me. It has to get better, right? right? You can be at your lowest point. You know that it's going to get better. And that's that's definitely something that drives me every single day is to get to my better self and to help others do the same. I love it. I I won't quit. I know that's right. We won't quit. We won't, the, quit. we won't quit podcast. Let folks know how they can find you, how they can follow you. This is someone you definitely want to follow. You know, I see a post that you do, and I remember I called you like, "Hey, 
what you doing over there? Like, my gosh, like just took me to another level, just something that uh, that you would share. But how can people get in touch with you? How can they find you? Yeah, it knows what other endeavors you may have coming down the pipe. Yeah, you got you got me. You got this podcast thing ringing yeah, in my yeah. ear. Oh, you'll be my co-host. Yeah, I'll be, be your co-host. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah, I have a list of uh, things I, I, on yeah, my yeah, I, I don't know, know if I can afford it. Yeah. It's too much pain. But you know, where can folks find you? It's very easy. Tanya Winfield dot com. Everything is Tanya Winfield. Instagram, Twitter. Facebook, Tanya Winfield, T-A-N-Y-A. There's a win in it because I'm a winner. W-I-N-F-I-E-L-D, TanyaWinfield.com. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Thank my friend. Thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm having you back appreciate next you. week and the week after that. New Come on with that. it. Let's go. I'll send you, I'll send you the, you know, I'll send you the independent contract agreement. Oh my gosh, man. You got to take that to my law firm. You know my lawyers. <laughs> hey, family. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure, if you don't do anything else, because you, you stuck with us to the end, that you like that you subscribe, that you follow, uh, not only Tanya Winfield, follow uh, Mike Humes at The Real Mike Humes. Look, I don't even know my handle. I'm about to give out Tanya Winfields once again, yeah, right? Yeah. At The Real Mike Humes, uh, as well as at We Won't Quit uh, podcast and uh, www.wewon'tquit.com. That's where you can go uh, to use YouTube. Make sure you turn on that little bell, right? That way you get the notifications right away. So when episodes like this happen, you'll get a chance to see it firsthand. Family, have an amazing week. We'll see you back next week. Remember, it's impossible to stop a man or woman who will not quit.